What's up, New York? You're listening to the Empire State Conservative Network Podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Empire State Conservative Network Podcast. I am Pete. This is Evan. We have our first ever guest today, and we're going to get into that in just a second. But for those of you who are not familiar with the podcast, this show is for New York State conservatives who feel ostracized by friends, family, co-workers, and obviously you're not happy with the state of um, just not just the country, but the state in general. Andrew Cuomo just started his third term. A blue legislature got even bluer. There's a lot of work to be done before 2020, and we're trying to get the word out. So if you're new, welcome. Also, looks like I got raped in the mouth. I did buy a softball, so that's why that happened. Now, let's get on to the bigger pastor. So we have a guest today. This is Jared Weissman. How's it going? Good morning. And we're going to... It's not morning. But we're going to go <laughs> over... Uh, we're going to go over Louis C.K. And, and the whole issue with political correctness in the comedic spectrum. So you were at that show on Governor's Island where there was a lot of controversy. They talked about the Parkland shooters. And you were talking, telling us off air that they actually cut off the video as he was explaining why he was talking about them. So why don't you explain the show in general, that particular segment, and then some of the issues you've had since you're an aspiring comedian as well. Yeah, so um, I got the notification the morning of, because obviously they didn't really want to publicize that they were having uh, Louis C.K., and so I got the tickets. I was a little conflicted at first, because on one hand, this is the guy who inspired me to be a comedian, uh, but on the other hand... Masturbating I, in front of women. Right, and do I want to give him money? <laughs> <laughs> but I, I talked to some of my fellow comedian friends, and they were like, you should do it, once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. Mm-hmm. And so I, I got like front-row seats. It was great. Um, and so overall, his set just was not that great compared to his other stuff. Um, but the jo- So the first joke that is in question is... Uh, he's talking about how... Kids these days are are boring. He said, you know, back in my day, we, we did drugs and and we, we had sex in public and we were crazy. And kids these days are so formal and they speak in front of Congress and yeah, but they eat Tide Pods. Right. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's the other side of it. He he was addressing. Oh, okay. You know, like so. The first thing is like kids are talking about how they you need to address me like this. There's a lot of labels and stuff. And so uh, he starts talking about transgendered stuff and he says, you know, I identify as their a place location. Mm-hmm. I don't think it was that funny of no, a joke. No, um, I think it was. It's, it's a grammar words. joke. It's a grammar joke. Right. It was. Not, it wasn't that funny of a joke. But then he moves on and he he says basically, "Do you think you're special just because you were at a school that got uh, shot up?" Referring to Parkland <sighs> shooters. Uh, very abrasive. Yeah. But um, I, I wanted to see where it was going, and so it cuts off at that. You know, he says something like, you know, you were the kid who pushed another kid and, and made it out. <laughs> very fucked up. <laughs> yeah, it's messed up. It's probably true. Yeah. Um, but so his point was he goes on to say, you know, there's there's about 3,000 deaths per day. There's a lot of kids who get shot walking to school. You know, mm-hmm. I go to school in Chicago. Yeah. Um, and there's areas in Chicago where people get shot just existing in the wrong place at the wrong time. Kids die. And he was saying basically... You know, we're as a society, we we make these people into celebrities, mm-hmm. um, and while their experience is extremely valid, and and for this side who wants to argue, you know, no guns, you know, these mass shootings are terrible. That is an important asset to have is the experience being in there. Mm-hmm. But he was saying, you know, as a society, do these people deserve to be, you know, held on a pedestal? Right, and that's um, a valid point. And Ben Shapiro said the same thing because what happens is. Like you said, you think you really think you're special because you were at a school where someone came in and shot a bunch of people, and it it's a tragedy and it's horrible. And no one should have to go through that. 
But again, it doesn't make you an expert on gun violence or gun control or anything of that sort. These are still 15, 16, 17-year-old kids. Like we've said a million times, their brains are not fully developed. They're, in fact, their opinions are probably tainted now because they've been through such a horrible strategy and they don't see the entire scope. So if they say, oh, we need to eliminate all guns, they don't see the consequence of that. They, don't, they only see it as far as their own experience, which is fine because they are 15, 16, 17-year-old kids. The difference is that there are real-life consequences to things like that. So his point there is valid. Yes, it was an abrasive joke, right? but it is an extremely valid point. And the situation where he, he's kind of infamous right now, Mm. Maybe he masturbating in front of women. <laughs> he always asks for permission, though. That's important. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot of things. Actually, it is. I'm saying it is. I'm agreeing with you. Um, and yeah. and to your point, you know, we differ in in ideas of gun violence, and I don't know if we'll get into that later. But um, mm. and gun control. But um, to your point, I was in an active shooting situation at uh, JFK once, and oh. you know that doesn't make me an expert whatsoever. I still you know have to really read up and learn all the facts and we talked about you taking me to a shooting range and then yeah. shot a gun um you know so i could get that experience and, and try to see the other side um peter it's awesome isn't it it is <laughs> <laughs> we'll, it we'll is. see we'll see all right but continue um so i mean yeah the, the, his set wasn't that great um i think he does deserve a comeback i think everyone deserves a second chance i think he hasn't earned a comeback necessarily he's been playing the victim of this whole situation and i think that's Regardless of what you think of the situation, and there's a lot of mixed feelings, I think those women do deserve an apology, and um, I think he just kind of rushed back into this and didn't necessarily deserve it. Yeah. Um, but I think, again, people are doing a disservice by not playing the whole sound clip. Yeah. And this goes on both sides of the political mm-hmm. spectrum, and it, it, it irritates me, especially as a comedian. Yeah. Which is why we... Don't really don't subscribe to most mainstream media stuff because they they do they they chop things up and they change things to to make their point valid right and you can't do that that's why whenever they show all these videos of police brutality police shootings I always tell people is that the entire video mm-hmm. were you there did you see the entire confrontation because if you don't see the entire confrontation you can't really know what really happened mm-hmm. because you could see two cops drawing down on a guy and shoot him but for all if you didn't weren't there he could have been holding a gun behind his back. Right, and then made a movement. They he could have been holding a knife, and then took a step. That he could have, he could have stabbed the cop before, and you didn't see it because you're standing behind them, right. and the cop is bleeding from his rib cage, and the guy comes at him, and you don't see the knife. So unless you have the entire story, you can't really know what happened. Which goes back to the clip where they shouldn't be cutting up the clip. They yeah. should be playing his entire thing because then it gives you the entire scope, of it, and then you can make your own decision on it, whether or not you believe him, whether or not you like him, whether or not you want to give him a second chance. Mm-hmm. Honestly, I always thought he was a great comedian. His show yeah. Louie on HBO was absolutely hilarious. Yeah. Um, but honestly, it's, it's, he's going he's to he's have to earn it back because in the court of public opinion, he's done a ton of damage to himself. And I don't think it's just necessary. we have to say like you know, using just him. I think his case is really important for comedians in general because um, you know, say I'm doing a show, never masturbated in front of anybody non-consensually no. so I'm not in the same situation yeah. but um, like I we're have... about to get a lot of emails yeah. <laughs> you had a masturbator on <laughs> that would be quite the interesting guest to grab really? definitely but um, oh yeah we'll talk about that afterwards I, I think it's important to know that as especially when you're in a comedy club you're at an open mic that there's a certain level of listen we're going to take you over the line and you might not agree with it but that's what you're signing up for and yeah. give us a chance to explain. If it's a terrible joke, they'll let you the audience will let you know. I've had mm-hmm. 
terrible jokes, and trust me, the audience has let me know. Yeah, I mean, um, it's it's comedy, and it's not really co- like Jordan Peterson has talked about this before. It's not not really in the com- com- comedy sense, but in terms of the free speech sense, where if I'm going to talk and we're going to share ideas, you have to risk being offended. Yeah, it's something you have to deal with. No one has a right to not be offended. You have a right to respond. Mm-hmm. I have the right to say what I feel, and then you have the right to respond. And if you well, don't, not agree during with the me, show, please. But yes, yeah, yeah, <laughs> well, yeah not during the show. I'm talking about in general. Yeah. Yeah. So no, if you go right. to a comedy show, you should go there being like, I might be offended. Sure. Uh, we've been to comedy. We went to what was it, Dangerfields? Yeah. And the the guy on stage is ripping the guy right in front of him who's there with his wife and daughters. Mm-hmm. He goes, Oh, you're banging all the, like you're banging all these chicks. It's like you're going to get offended. It's comedy. It's supposed to make you laugh. It's supposed to be offensive. It's supposed to make you a little uncomfortable. And the problem is that. There is a, I mean, there are people on both sides who get offended by everything or people who don't tolerate certain things, but there's a big public movement among the libtards, not, not everyone left, but especially like the snowflakes and the libtards where, oh, if you're offensive, you're automatically a racist and your opinion's automatically invalid and it's hate speech. And that is really the biggest danger to free speech. Mm-hmm. Like we invited Jared on, Jared, I know Jared from work and not current work, but former work. And Jared has very left-leaning views. And I was like, you know what? He should come on and talk about his experiences because it's important for people to see. And he's even seen that part of the left, which he'll talk about, where people don't like, you know, when you step over that line into the uncomfortable territory. Right. And, you know, so so let's let's go right in. So, like we mentioned, you are an aspiring comedian. So tell us a little bit about what you've noticed, uh, you know, where you've done shows and... Have they told you things in advance of the show? Like, these are certain things you can't really touch on? Or um, how, how does that work? And what have you found in so your experience? I'll, I'll give you... Uh, first off, I do most of my stand-up uh, back when I go to school in Chicago. I go to Columbia College, Chicago. And um, I do most of it at bars. But I also do college nights at different uh, clubs and such. Um, what I've noticed... I'll give you an example of someone else real quick. So we had um, a show at our school... And he was telling jokes um, about school shootings. And I wasn't at the show, but my friend was running the event. And they ended up taking him off stage. Um, apparently his jokes... <laughs> yeah, like, you just see this cane coming out from off stage. But, so, I, apparently his jokes weren't that great. I mean, I wasn't there, so I can't judge. Um, obviously, everyone, you know, they'll receive it differently. But just the fact, you know, if, if he's trying to make a point... Just the word school shooting should not be a reason that he gets yanked. Sure, exactly. Um, I have a joke where I compare uh, vegans to ISIS. Um, <laughs> and it, the, the joke. I don't even know the joke, and it's already a valid comparison. The, yes. <laughs> the joke needs time to explain. Yeah. Um, and if, if people don't necessarily, they won't give you that time. I told a joke once where I kept getting randomly selected at an airport, and I said uh, I had to look down to make sure I was still privileged. Mm-hmm. Not even that funny of a joke really underdeveloped but people made an audible i don't agree with you and i think that's unfair just because you don't agree i mean like there's things that i don't agree with politically on the left but i accept it just because i that's everyone's thoughts and i think the reactions of people who think they can tell you exactly uh what to think is is poor um but when I do clubs at like shows at clubs or like Second City, normally the audience is more receptive to uh, more intense topics. Well, we know college students are very easily offended. So, so, <laughs> so you would. So, I guess generally speaking, you find that it's easier to do a routine and a better routine at a club because there are fewer, if any, restrictions as opposed to maybe on a campus. Like you said, you're already walking on eggshells in one misstep and you can lose the audience. Uh, exactly. Yeah, not even like an actual restri- restriction, a perceived restriction. So you know your audience is 
for argument's sake, super liberal because of where you are. And so if you kind of overstep that line, people aren't going to either not going to like it, not going to laugh, or they're going to get outright offended. They might start screaming at you. And, you know, but there was go, this, so you don't want them to go too far over the line. I don't think anyone's going to go that far. Yeah, sure. But, yeah. you know, you never know. There was this comedian, I'm blanking on his name. He was, uh, he's an Indian comedian, and he was invited to some school from the Asian United Club, whatever. Mm. Um, and he started telling jokes about um, something about uh, black people and gay people. And they went on stage uh, and took him off. They were basically like, you don't have the right to say these jokes. This is not yours. Um, and... You know, his argument was like, you know, I'm a minority. I'm going through these same experiences. And mm-hmm. and I, I, it was a smart joke. People were reacting nicely to it. But it was that organization that invited him that took him, him off. And wow. he only got 20 minutes into like a one and a half hour set. That's really funny, though, because it's he's using his intersectionality. And they're telling you, no, no, you're not intersectional enough to make these jokes. Mm-hmm. So they're really it's really left against left. And they're butting heads on something where... In reality, listen, I'm all for, you know, lefties fighting each other, but it's they're really butting heads on something where they should just be embracing it because he's really embracing their ideologies, but they're telling him he's not intersectional enough to do it. Yeah. Like the whole thing with Kevin Hart where with the homosexual comments. Mm-hmm. Now they're now they're begging for him to come back because now no one wants to do the Oscars because even Ellen DeGeneres, who I believe was rumored to want to do it or to do it, she's even made gay jokes, and she's gay. Everyone's made a gay joke. We I, made Jewish jokes. Yes. About ourselves. Definitely. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, you're always going to offend somebody, especially in comedy. I, I Definitely. Do. And the fact that these restrictions... And who is it? Uh, Jerry Seinfeld? Doesn't he refuse to do college campuses uh, for that reason? Most comedians don't do. Bill Burr, I don't know if you guys are a fan yeah, of Bill yeah, Burr. I like Bill Burr. Uh, I'm sure a lot of your audience is a fan yeah. of Bill Burr. <laughs> he will not do a college anymore. Yeah. Um, and honestly, you know, I, I study comedy writing. Not necessarily stand-up, but comedy writing. And uh, I don't. I only use that aspect of the school. I don't like to use the aspect as as a platform. The school is a platform because it's too hard to say what I want to say. And at the end of the day, I want to say what I want to say. Now I'm very careful that I try not to offend people. I never want to sure. try to offend people. But if it's accidental or it, people aren't interpreting it the right way, yeah. it, it's it's yeah. it's a break in the trust that you have with the community. And we've always subscribed to the South Park method, where either everything is allowed or nothing is allowed. Yeah. So it's you can be offended. You have the right. Everyone is the. You can be offended. I'm yeah, not I get te- offended all the yeah. time. <laughs> I'm not telling people that they can't be offended, but I'm telling you that you're being that you being offended doesn't stop someone else from being able to say something. Mm-hmm. Someone could come up to me. One of the kids at my school did today. He was like, "Oh, let's do a project on Hitler." He, he doesn't seem like that bad of a guy. And I'm like, I'm like Tyrese. You do realize that Hitler hated black people way more than he hated Jews. He's like. Oh, I don't know. So if you think that someone's an ignorant person or they're saying something stupid, then why are you getting offended? Yeah. You have to know where the where the source is. So if you don't respect somebody and they say something insulted, why are you getting offended? If you don't respect them, then just don't agree with them. Mm. It's the same thing with people who hate Trump. If you think that he said something disrespectful, like when he was talking about Haiti being a shithole country, and Haiti is a very impoverished country, yes. you know, it wasn't... It was kind of... It was Again, it was brash, but that's who Trump is. He came out and said it was a shithole. And people from people I work with who were from like Haiti and the Caribbean, they were like, "Oh, I can't stand." It. I'm like, "Well, if you don't respect him already, then why do you care what he said?" I don't care what you know. I don't care what Michael Bloomberg says about gun owners because I don't respect who Michael Bloomberg is as a person. So, who, I don't care. But you can make the argument to a certain extent that this is the guy representing the United States, yeah. and and if we follow what the United States has always strived to be, which is an example for the world. 
you know, do you want that guy saying that a country is a shithole? Yeah, yeah he should have used his words yeah. better. Let's just say he's sure. brash, but we, we've said that. That, listen, he doesn't always say the right thing, and he's not, quote-unquote, presidential. Yeah. But the thing that we like about him is that he is getting stuff done. So we knew when he, we knew when he got elected, he wasn't going to turn into a mixture of Barack Obama and Ronald Reagan in terms of like appear, like, you know, how he behaved right. himself. He wasn't going to be that person. Yeah, he was right. go- the reason why he got elected is because he wasn't going to be that person. Right. He got elected because he was who he was. And the fact that he said, I'm going to get stuff done. People might not like what I say, but I'm going to get stuff done. And he has. And listen, I don't like his track record with women. I don't like, I don't like some of the stuff he says. I don't like some of the stuff that he does. I don't sure. agree with him on trade tariffs. I don't agree with him on banning bump stocks. Yeah. There's a lot of stuff that I don't agree with him on. Sure. But he is doing the job that he set out to do. And it, you don't have to like him. And you, everyone is free to not like him. But you have to respect the fact that he said he was going to get stuff done. And he's getting stuff done. It doesn't mean you have to like him. doesn't mean you have to support him. But he is getting stuff done. And yeah, he's not presidential. That it's he's the person that the that we voted for. He's the person that was elected. So, you know, he's gonna say stupid things. There's a lot of stuff Obama did that I that I hated. There was stuff that Bush did that I hated. Mm. Bill Clinton was a horrible person. Yeah. Bill, Clinton, he raped women. He raped women. He didn't just grab him by the <laughs> pussy because they let him. He raped them. Bill, and and they and no they si- and that. they silenced them. <laughs> yeah, no, but we're not going to get super into that. But it's like, and we said this. Li- I said this last episode. It wasn't Pope Clinton. It wasn't Pope Bush. It's not mm. Pope. It wasn't Pope Obama, and it's not Pope Trump. Mm. Everyone is elected for a certain reason. Would I re- like him be a little more diplomatic, and we could get a, even more stuff done? Sure, why not? But he is who he is. He's getting stuff done, and he's sticking to his word. And I think that's just you got to respect it. But it's, it goes all the way back to comedy. It's you have to be true to yourself. So, like you said, you said the joke that you said, and you stand by it. You, like you even said, it wasn't a well-developed joke, but you said it. And I respect the fact that you said it. And you probably knew you were going to get the reaction that you got. And yeah, but you have to. But you, it's in the yo. Know, you have to be willing to believe in what you say because if you don't believe in it, and it comes off as cheap and and an audience will sniff that exactly. Out so yeah. it, I, you're better off pissing people off and coming off as authentic, and you will find your audience eventually, as opposed to trying to placate and just being like all these late night guys who all they talk about is Trump. Yeah, it's like bad. it's just it's boring. It's it's, it's really boring. There's so much more going on in the world right now, and all they want to do is bash Trump. I don't care if you don't like Trump, but be an authentic person. Jimmy Kimmel was never a political person. Stop being a political person. And now it's crocodile tears, just yeah, like Roy Rogers. But uh, I was gonna go somewhere with this, and I don't remember. Alexandria Ocasio Cortez. I mean, that's not where I was gonna go, but sure, let's bring that up. <laughs> I feel like there was no way we could avoid it. So. Yeah. <laughs> it is unavoidable. Yeah, once, once that came out, that was like, that was oh, priority God. numero uno. So if you guys hadn't seen, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez was on 60 Minutes over the weekend. She was interviewed very lightly by Anderson Cooper. And despite the very few pushbacks that he was able to provide to her, she did not have an answer to any of the pertinent questions. Like, for example, how do you fund your Green New Deal? Uh, uh... Seventy uh, percent tax, <laughs> and then she tries to explain marginal tax rates. Anderson Cooper, which I'm pretty sure he knows, and he skimps on because you know he's rich and he's able to do that, just like I do, and I hope all of you do. Peter, you're, you're incriminating yourself. I'm not. Remember <laughs> that the Bill, of right, the Bill of Rights, Peter, the Fifth Amendment. Yeah, invoke it. I've invoked the Fifth Amendment. There we go. So anyway, <laughs> so Alexandria Casagrande. So are you familiar with her at all? Yeah. So. Um, 
you know, I, I, I don't do a good job of local. I just moved to New York too, like a year and a half ago. So I probably don't do a good job of really knowing the local stuff. Um, but I follow that election closely. Mm. Um, her running unopposed? <laughs> just like her ideas, her <laughs> ideas. And yeah. Can I get my opinion? Yeah, yeah go okay, ahead. Okay, so I'll get my opinion. Um, I think logic is important. And I think uh, socialist candidates, and I wouldn't describe myself as social, uh, socialist, but socialist candidates really fail uh, to put forth, because there are some things about socialism that I believe could be implemented and, and work just fine. Um, and the problem is a lot of times it's this dreamy, oh, we need to get free college and, and all this stuff that just, it doesn't, it's not realistic. But I do like the fact that we're getting a different energy in the White House. And maybe it's not something that the viewers or you guys really agree with, but I think we share a common similarity where we want change mm -hmm. in how politics has been going. We want something different. And for someone who's more on the left or a little bit more liberal, for me, I think someone like her is the a candidate that I, I, I would necessarily support. But of course, I got an open mind to when she, <laughs> if dumb shit is being said, I, I understand that. So, mm -hmm. but that's my opinion. I, I honestly don't have that huge problem as much as, as maybe you guys would. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, to pokes. well, I, I'm not sure. You, you said you didn't watch the segment, right? Yeah. No, I, I didn't yeah. catch so, the segment completely. So, so basically, she was talking about the Green New Deal that she wants to propose and how it's going to cost, what was it, $40 trillion to yeah. get tea, uh, tea as in Thomas, or tomato. And uh, she wanted to, she wants to pass this bill over 10 years, which is an absurd amount of money. And she's trying to justify with this huge tax rate, which, if you did the math, she doesn't even come close to funding half of it through that means. So not only does she want to tax people up to 70% of their income, which disincentivizes, I mean, this is basic economics, it disincentivizes people to work hard and to make more money. Because you know, okay, after a certain point, 70% of whatever every dollar I make is going to the government. Why am I going to work my ass off? To make more money just to give it to the government. Uh, in my opinion, that's why socialist programs don't work. But moreover, she kept using the comparison of Space Force, which, you know, it's hilarious. And Well, that's a ridiculous idea yeah. proposed from yeah. the I, I think all three there. of us would agree that Space Force is a ridiculous I idea. I like the Sounds idea. Badass, I like but. the idea. But we have a lot of issues we have to fix yeah, around on, here on, on the yeah. planet. On yeah. Earth first. <laughs> now, if China starts doing it, we do have to. Well, here's the thing. You know, now China's landed something on the far side of the moon. I think they're lying. I don't think they really did it. You don't think Chinese are a bunch of liars? Oh, I mean, they really are. I mean, they're not Chinese people. I'm talking about the the, the government, government, the state of China, okay, the communist, that one. communist China. That the claims state to itself. be a people's republic. Yes, even though it's not for the people, it's and it's certainly state. not a republic. Uh, but that being said, there's speculation that if they are on the moon, in the far side of the moon, they're drilling for oil, they're looking to find other natural resources that they can add to their bottom line. Because there were dinosaurs on the moon, and that's how we get the oil on the moon. Sure. Uh, yeah, how would oil be on the moon? It, it doesn't make know. any sense. Well, it's China, so I don't know. That's that's. But in any <laughs> event, big lasers are being set yeah. up on the dark side. You know, there there are satellites that can you know emit EMPs that can kind of mess up our electrical grid. Which our electrical grid, by the way, I probably shouldn't say this on air. Woefully unprepared for something of that magnitude. But uh, yeah, so but Space Force, if they were to fund it, is only about thirteen billion over ten years. Thirteen billion, forty trillion. Yeah. <laughs> what are her proposals in the Green Act? What is she trying to do? Reduce something by She surface? wants in 10 years to completely get rid of fossil fuels. Completely. 10 years. In the United States. Yes. Yes. In 10 years. So I like the idea. It, that's what we said last time. It's a great idea. 
But remember, we live in the real world. <laughs> so I don't know how that gets done. The, exactly. It but that's it, the thing. That's it the doesn't thing. get it done. Doesn't. It doesn't. And that's what we were talking about where all her ideas are very nice ideas. Like you said, free college, great idea. Free healthcare, great idea. You know, clean renewable energy, saving the environment, great idea. But you're trusting the government, which can't handle our own income taxes correctly, to fund these gigantic projects, which which involve many different agencies, a ton of oversight, a ton of moving pieces. They can't keep drugs out of federal prison. How on earth are we getting rid of all fossil fuels in 10 years? And I said maybe, you know, maybe 30 years, maybe 40, maybe even 50 years. Or in 10 years, reduce it by Redu- a yeah. great amount. Listen, I'm all for reducing pollution, reducing these things. And, you know, if it's something that can create more jobs in a new job market... By all means, which is what but, they claim, but it shouldn't be it shouldn't be government oversight. That's the problem. The government is woefully inept. The bigger government Agreed. is, the more inept it is. The most we said this a million times. The most useless government in the world is the United Nations. They get nothing done. It's all arguing and infighting because they oversee a large group of they oversee basically the entire world. People who have extremely different values, extremely different needs, extremely different wants, and extremely different values. Mm-hmm. The smaller government is, the more effective it is. Right. I, I 100% agree. But you know, she wasn't able to... I mean, he gave her very little pushback. But he asked her twice during the segment, how do you pay for it? And she didn't really have an answer. I mean, she did have the taxation. But but again, the math... You know, and Anderson Cooper uses this phrase that it's fuzzy. It is fuzzy because it doesn't add up. And it, and it is virtually impossible. Like, all of us agree, regardless of whether we like the idea or not, that it's just not possible. The technology, if you look into both, you know, whether it's it's wind or it's solar, it's just not ready. And it's incredibly expensive, which means if the government's going to subsidize us, that adds the federal deficit. I mean, we're, we're over a trillion dollars in debt right now. Yeah, and according, <laughs> but according to her, it's more important to be morally right than factually right. So why does the then the math doesn't matter? So that's how she justifies it. So she says that it doesn't matter that the facts don't support it, and it doesn't matter that the numbers don't add up because it's more important to be morally right. But again, we have to live in the real world. It's nice to live in La La Land, where if we got rid of all the guns, no one would have any guns. But if you took all the guns from uh, from law-abiding citizens, who's still going to have guns? Military. The government, the military, and criminals. Yeah. Because criminals aren't handed in their guns. It's not going to happen. Of course. So I would love to live in a world where there was no violence at all and there was no possibility of a tyrannical government. That's not the real world. That's not the world that we live in. And history has shown it time and time again. When the guns are taken away from the people, people die. Nazi Germany, Stalinist Russia, Mao's China, North Korea, Communist Cuba, they always kill their detractors. So it's either fall in line with what I tell you or you're dead. And we we can't allow that to happen in this country. It's with really the last country where you still have, we're the only ones who have actual freedom of speech, where it's mm-hmm. in our constitution. Places like Canada and Great Britain, people are being thrown in jail or sued or, pros- or prosecuted for saying things that are offensive to people. Mm. You know, we had the guy, in, what was it, a few months ago in England, he taught his dog how to do a Nazi salute. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then he, and he got arrested. He got arrested only, he was going to be sent to jail for a year and said they just fined him. First of all, guy's an asshole. Yeah. Yeah, that, that, yeah, that dog doesn't know yeah. what he's doing, yeah. too. <laughs> Was it a German Shepherd? No. 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 Dog's an asshole, too. No. I love dogs. But the guy's, I mean, the guy's an asshole. But should the government step in and try to throw him in jail for being just being an asshole? No. no. If he would have went and started rounding up Jews and minorities and hanging them in his basement, then, yeah, that's a different story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He had a horrible joke. The guy's a jackass, but he doesn't deserve to be threatened for with prison or a fine. It's That's not the way that... 
freedom of speech works and it's not the way that you well, get new ideas and you get, you know, who, the LF always claims to be the progressives. You don't get progress from restricting ideas. Mm-hmm. You get progress from freedom of idea and hearing other people and working together and sometimes working against people. Sometimes it motivates you. It's like, well, I don't like that guy because of what he thinks. I'm going to work harder. I'm going to bust my ass and I'm going to beat him. Yeah. So this actually brings up something that I'm very interested to hear your take on since you did say you are definitely more left than Evan or I am. So he was talking about, we talked about freedom of speech a lot. Obviously it's important in comedy, but what about freedom of, you know, the intersectionality check boxes? Like, how do you feel about all that stuff? Like does a, a gay black woman have a better uh, vantage point or, or is, is her word more important than yours or mine? Or, or anybody along the spectrum. Like, why do they play these games where it's literally like the more check boxes you can check off, the more authority you have. And the fewer you can check off, the less you have. It's almost like a reverse racism or sexism or homophobia, whatever you want to call it. So what are your thoughts on that? Uh, okay, let's see. So, when it, uh, more authority, no. You're, no one's, I mean, unless it's the law, you know, someone enforcing the law, more authority, no, I don't, I don't think that person would have more authority, but uh, more of a, a scope on the pro- uh, problem, I do agree, um, you know, I'm Jewish, and I do a lot of stuff on Judaism, um, and, you know, Jews were slaves, so sometimes I'll touch on the relationship between uh, Jews and, and black people and, and their experiences. Um, I have to be smart about it, obviously, and I have to approach it in a certain way where I'm, you know, not punching down on anybody. I'm, I'm punching up. Um, I, I, you know, I'm a little uh, confused on this subject because I, I, you know, I wouldn't go and start talking about the the hardships of of being Asian because I I don't have that scope. Mm. Um, but I wouldn't say that someone who's five types of minority have more authority over me. I would say no, they have better perspective. Um, and I'll give them that. Um, but why do they have a better perspective? You, you live that life. Um, so you mean, it's more, I get what you're trying to say. So someone who lives in, for argument's sake, inner city Chicago, they have more of an insight into the day in, day in and day out life that they live and the issues that people in their community are facing from their viewpoint. So sure. it's important to hear that viewpoint when you're having things like when you're building policies and stuff like that it's important to include that viewpoint because then you can create a cohesive policy but the difference is that people on the left they're what they're doing is they're they're taking that viewpoint and they're making it like the word of law so that kid who was running around oh he you know i'm just trying to feed my family i'm selling crack but i'm just feeding my family like why are the cops harassing me because you're selling crack mm-hmm. now what are things that we could do to help you and your family to get you off of welfare, to get you out of the crack game? Because we don't want people, we, we are very anti, you know, we want people to be prosperous. We're very pro-capitalism. We want everybody to have the ability to succeed. We want more people off of welfare because welfare now is generational. And it's really that and the destruction of the African, you know, African-American household basically by taking the men out of it and by telling people you don't, you know, but with welfare, if you're married, you lose your benefits if you're married or if your boyfriend lives with you. So there's no reason to stay together because you're not going to get as much, you're not going to get money from the government now and you're going to have to struggle and you're going to have to try to survive on your own. So we want people to be able to avoid being in prison. We don't want, I want less people in prison. Why am I paying for people to sit in a cell all day and then walk around the yard? I don't want my money going to that. I'd rather have my money going towards, 
you know, hiring better teachers for inner city schools, you know, creating programs to teach people that, yes, you get this amount of money on welfare, but if you take these class, if you take online classes at community college and you get that certificate, you can then expand your earning power and it's worth it in the long run where you don't have to be dependent on that. And you can get a, instead of having government housing in a crap neighborhood, you can get an apartment in a nicer neighborhood. This is, this is stuff that needs to be done. And these are social programs, not social welfare programs. And the problem is that the government's not going to do this because there's a big part of the government that wants to keep people in a certain spot. So they keep voting for them. It's the same thing. Ocasio-Cortez's voter base. Oh, free shit, free shit. Who's voting for free shit? People who don't have anything. I'm not voting for free shit because I know where the money's coming from. The money's coming out of my pocket. There's people who don't have anything. There's also people who don't know anything. Exactly. But that's why they keep them ignorant of what they can do should they actually choose to improve their life as opposed to just living off the government, sitting around all day mm. and watching TV. Yeah. Oh, are you going to say something? Well, uh, I mean, no, I forgot my point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I agree with you to, to some extent that um, it, it goes on both sides. You know, are you putting in the effort to make your life better? But I also think that there's certain people who do get an unfair start in sure. life, they, whether that's systematic redlining or um, just the way that their family through the generations had had money, if they didn't have money, where they came from. On your point, though, about like, oh, just because you're in the inner city, can you only talk about this stuff? If you're a cop who mainly is in the inner city, mm-hmm. I think you have the right on stage sure. to talk about those experiences. If you're someone who works there, if you're someone who lives in a nice neighborhood but has family who lives in a, in a not as nice neighborhood, right. and you're, say you're white, I think just it's cultural. It's not necessarily the color of your skin that lets you say something. It's the experiences that you have in life. Okay. So so then what about, you know, double standards? So, I mean, I'm not going to say it because obviously we'll get a ton of hate mail. But uh, what, what do you think of things like, like for example, like maybe I didn't even explain the question very well. So, for example, you know, black people calling each other the N-word. Or calling me the N-word. Or, yeah. But it don't work all the time. You know, yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, obviously I wouldn't do it in return. But that's because there's such a social stigma about it. But I feel like that right there is an intersectional version of restriction on speech in that they're allowed to say certain things. Like, I can call either of you a kike, but we're all Jewish. So what does it matter? But if someone... (laughs) Stop getting offended. But, uh... But yeah, you know, you look at this, you know, same thing in like in the, you know, in other things. Like if a Hispanic person calls us a gringo, that's okay. But if we call him a spick, oh my God, it's the end of the world. So obviously, you know, I'm not saying that racism doesn't exist, but we're not advocating that you should go around calling people no. racial slurs. It sh- there just shouldn't be There's that double, double standards, standard. right? And, and do you, do you do you see that as well? And what are your thoughts on that aspect of intersectionality? Because I think intersectionality has actually given these people a justification to continue to kind of abuse their freedom of speech while nullifying those of other people around them who may not be of the same race or religion. Well, because you call someone a racist and you automatically invalidate their opinion. Right. Well, I want to be careful that I don't pull a Kramer here and drop a word that's going (laughs) to ruin my career. Um, I see your point. I do see your point. You know, um, I think when... If you're fighting to take away, you know, that word specifically for black people has a terrible history mm-hmm. um, and you're trying to, you know, eliminate the power that that word has. If you are making it exclusive, which, again, I get why they make it exclusive. But if you are making it exclusive, that might be counteractive because mm-hmm. you're giving even more power to this word. Sure. Um, 
I don't think maybe, you know, the N-word is a good example because it's a very complicated one, but uh, the C-word uh, is one of those words that you're really... Talk about with women? Yes. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> the see you next Tuesday word. Yeah. yeah. That word is a word that, like, if, if enough people say it, you know, I'll call my roommate one every once in a while because he's, he's being one. It, sure. That's... I, there's no power, you know. My girlfriend even says it now because she she's not offended by it because she she says it and mm-hmm. and we've taken the power away from it. Sure. So, yes, there are double standards that exist. I don't know if I can give a full opinion on the N word just because. Well, that was just but an in example. general, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, in general, I think if there's certain words or things you can't talk about, like the the kid who got pulled off stage for talking about school shooting. That gives it power that mm-hmm. I, I don't think they are thinking about, but that is an effect that you have to... Well, recognize. I think the average person isn't thinking about it, but I think people who are politically motivated are actively thinking about it. Because what you do is if you invalidate someone else's opinion by calling them a racist, by having that double standard. So Ocasio-Cortez does this all the time. She goes, well, I'm just being questioned because I'm a woman or I'm a she person calls of color. every male who questions her a misogynist. Yeah. I'm sorry, she does. Ben, Sh- ben Shapiro offered $10,000 to her favorite charity to debate her, and she called it catcalling. He's offering you money to charity to come on his show. So... I think that not a, listen. Nor I think the average person isn't the one doing this. It's people who are politically motivated or really trying to make a name for themselves. And what they're doing is they're trying to invalidate the other side because it boosts them up as this sort of hero. So if Ocasio Cortez, every time someone questions her, she goes, "Well, you're a racist," and she's and people look at her like, "Oh yeah, you're really putting down those conservatives and you're really making a name for yourself." But she's never answered a question. Tr- tr- either truthfully or co- correctly or sufficiently yeah. in anything that she's been asked because when you automatically jump to that to the race card which is what people like Al Sharpton have done Louis Farrakhan Louis Farrakhan Louis Farrakhan uses giant anti-Semite yeah um, but when you do that termites. it's you're restricting free speech and we've talked about this a million times restricting free speech you're restricting the flow of ideas and you're what you're doing is you're creating an enemy so as opposed to like all right, so you remember we're on opposite. We're not on the same side of the political spectrum, but we're friends. Right. We yeah. talk. We, you know, we can talk. We can have a discussion. Well, he's political. not far left. Yeah, like, and but we're not that, far right. Well, we, right. Haven't, we're, we haven't yeah. touched on certain topics yet. Yeah. <laughs> but but the well. point is that Jared says things, and then we discuss it, and we said things, and he gave his opinion, right. as opposed to us saying something, and the Jared go, "Well, that's racist. I'm not going to talk about that." Your opinion. Because that creates an adversary. That doesn't allow you to work with people. And that's what we really need. And not to get too conspiracy theory, but what the government really wants is for us to be fighting each other. Because if the people aren't united... I buy into that. Yeah. If the people aren't united, then they're easy to dominate. Uh, What is it? Abraham Lincoln, a house divided against itself cannot stand. We do need... You have to open up free speech. George Washington was very much against... Political parties. George Washington... I think is still the best president we've ever had. He's number one and the best. It's only gone downhill from there. But that's what it is. You need to be able to talk to people. You don't have to agree with people. I don't agree with anyone in my family on politics. At all. Or almost anyone that I work with. But you still go back for Thanksgiving dinner. Yeah. Yeah. You know, my cousins are giant liberals. Huge liberals. I don't you understand know, that either because they're wealthy. It, it, they're very well. It's. It doesn't. I'm telling well, you. So but parents. what it comes from a lot of times, it comes from you don't really understand what you're aligning yourself with politically, and what you hear on TV is the more you know the morally correct side is this, and these are the people that are standing up for that. But without getting all the facts, it just looks like it. it it's idealistic. Mm-hmm. But we don't. Li- we can't live in an idealistic world. We have to live in a realistic world, yeah. or a bandwagon world, where you know you want to be on the trend. And I think. 
um, this extreme side of the liberal spectrum became popular. Celebrities were endorsing it and, and became like, oh, this is like, you know, what you want to be on. And then during this election, there was an extreme right rise that, um, you know, some supporters were saying very ignorant or um, closed-minded statements. And I think that was a bandwagon for people who were frustrated with the Obama administration or this, oh, you're a Republican, you're bad. And like, I, when I was younger- That still exists. I, yeah. I, well, and, it's like every action has an equal and opposite reaction. So the rise of the far left led to, led to the rise of the far right. And mm. both groups- They both suck. They're I, both assholes. Well, it's why, a million times. It's why I don't call myself a Democrat anymore. Yeah. Because- and we don't. We're not registered Republicans either. I'm no, not, we're, I'm we're, not we're, even way, we're way more libertarian than we are yeah. anything else. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I, I'd say we're somewhere between libertarians and constitutional conservatives. Yeah. So you know, don't take our rights away, but you do you. So long as it doesn't hurt me or anybody else, you can do you. So we don't have an issue like with. Transgenders, for example, we may not understand it, we may not agree with it, but we don't, we're want, not, we don't want to pay for any of their stuff. Well, that too. That's but, the biggest one. Well, that, that's where the harm stuff. comes in. Yeah, but we're not going to hold it against them if that's how they want to live their lives. Um, and, and, I, and I feel like that's how most people are. In fact, there was a poll last year: eighty percent of the country agrees on more than eighty percent of the issues. So, but it's these big ones that define each party. But it's also the media. What they do is they make it seem like there's it's a just huge a divide in America, yeah. and it's not. It's People not. always like, "Are we headed for a civil war?" I'm like, "No." Like I thought we, we were a year ago. In all honesty, and then, you, thought, and then you stopped watching the news. I, think, I never watched the news. <laughs> I think people want to. I like. I want to help. My fellow American, I was at the airport the other day and this dude was like dying on the ground and like I wanted to jump in and help mm. and who knows, maybe I'd resuscitate him and he's like, ah, oh, not, not like that, you know, maybe not this, but you know, and then he wakes up and he's like, well, he's like lock up all the Jews and I'd be like, well, I saved oh, the life, right no, I you. saved the Nazi. Or the doctor who operated on the Pittsburgh shooter wore her star David uh, necklace you know, you know it's we want I want to help my fellow Americans because sure. I do believe this is the greatest country on earth it just it, it has a lot of flaws that are made worse by the narrative that people are trying to push. But the biggest issue is that people don't want to put in the hard work to fix things they want the easy way they yeah. want the quick fix and that's listen I hate to bring, keep bringing her up, but that's really what Ocasio-Cortez is doing. Mm -hmm. It's, oh, we'll just tax rich people, and that's how we'll fund everything. That's not how you do it. If you want to do something, you have to really look for a way to fund it. You have to do the math and have to be able to realistically yeah. do it. That's why I can't stand these people who are just like, oh, a free college. Why don't we have free college? Because do you want who you know who pays for it? In England, they are a socialist economy. They are almost a full social government. They yeah. have socialized medicine, mm -hmm. which when then the government controls who lives and who dies. They have like a, a, a huge issue with with the NIH yeah. over there. They have huge crime in London. They've gotten rid of all their guns. They get rid of their knives. You can't order a butter knife on Amazon inside the city of London. Well, I mean, people with butter knives. I mean, I mean they're they're yeah. obviously crazy. Yeah. No, no, literal butter knives, not butterfly knives. Also, oh, okay. You're also more likely to cut your own. Wait, hand. I'm sorry. You can't get a butter knife. You cannot. How do you cut your butter? Do you get a steak knife? knife it's England. I don't know. They probably <laughs> shove. They probably shove it up their ass. Jagged and tooth. And just, you know, pour some tea in. <laughs> well, they don't have good teeth, so yeah. they just pull out the sharp one. But the point is that the problem is they want quick fixes, and the quick fix always comes at the expense of someone else's liberty. It mm. always does. Oh, we want to fix school shootings. Ban all semi-automatic weapons. Stop. 
But they Stop don't know what a semi-automatic weapon is to yeah. ban. Well, first it was assault rifles. Then they realized they weren't using the term assault rifle correctly. Yeah. And then they just went to semi-automatic That's weapons. But that constitutes almost every single rifle or handgun in America. Mm-hmm. So it's it's that quick fix. They want that quick emotional reaction. And they don't want to take the time to put in the work to actually come up with something that's going to help. And it taking rights away from, from free Americans isn't going to do anything to fix issues. All it's going to do is give the government more power and push us towards something that we don't want to be. And what we really don't want is a totalitarian state. And eventually, if we keep getting rid of rights, that's exactly where we will end up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I eventually, not not next year, not in five years, but the second well, it was in five years. The se- oh, it could the second that we lose the Second Amendment, which I don't think we ever will lose in this country, because the amount of states you need to repeal an amendment to the Constitution right. is gigantic, and we will, I don't think it'll ever happen. It could happen eventually, but I don't think it'll happen I'll in the next twenty five years. But if that ever goes, watch how fast everything else goes. Mm-hmm. It'll go real quick. Yeah, but can you make the argument that the other side is also trying to take? rights with like with uh women's rights to their bodies with uh expensive birth control or or um you know not even being able to get an abortion regardless of your religious views i mean that's a right that's being taken away but i uh, see i'm not a very religious person so my whole thing was if you want an abortion i don't believe the state should be paying for it yeah. if you want something that is elective because it is elective it what is. about in certain cases where people, you know, from uh, underprivileged neighborhoods getting sexually assaulted and, and, and that... I think, I think they should be able to get an abortion. Some sort. I think that if your healthcare provider wants to cover it, then they should be able to get it covered by insurance. I don't think that you should have state-sponsored abortion because there are enough people in every state that don't want to be... I don't believe that you should have to pay for someone else's choice. Mm. So I choose to own a firearm. Should you have to pay for my firearm? Uh, hopefully not. No. And that's in the Constitution. That is a constitutional <laughs> right for me to have a firearm. By the way, he let me hold his gun before this started. I've never hold, held a gun before. He comes really? out with this massive effing shotgun. It was unloaded and empty and safe. Yeah. Oh, should I? Yeah. So I'm holding <laughs> I got a cloth. I wiped my fingertips off it at the end. But yeah. So yeah, you, you, do, make, you do make a point that I, I also don't want to pay for someone... To make a choice, but I think it should be available. I'm not saying it should be available, but I'm saying is that the government should not be forcing people to pay for other people's choices. So, my right to own a gun does not mean that Peter and you should have to chip in for me to buy a gun. If someone gets pregnant and wants to have an abortion or has to sexual whatever it is, yeah, it still shouldn't. If I was a if I was a super conservative Catholic and I believe that abortion was morally wrong, why should I have to pay for someone's abortion? So you have to be able to see other people's viewpoints. While it's still on the right, I don't agree. I Listen, I if you want to go get an abortion and you want to pay for it, that's your right. That's your life and that's your choice. But it is a choice. Yes. And I don't believe the government should be paying for people's choices. The government doesn't buy me condoms. I would hope not. <laughs> those those fucks would be defective. I just realized that Valerie's parents might be watching us. But um, <laughs> uh, we're both virgins. <laughs> Uh, oh, that's so funny. <laughs> but the point is that if you want something, then you should work for it. You should have to pay for it. Listen, it's it's not always easy. And life is not easy. Life is hard. And it should be hard. If something is worth having, it's worth working for. If you're going to sit on your ass and the government's going to hand you things, one day they might take it away. Like we said before, if the government is providing care for people with pancreatic cancer, right? And now the go- Or your insurance company is. And then all of a sudden... The government takes over healthcare and they go, 
Well, right now, pancreatic cancer, the survival rates aren't great, so we're not funding chemo right. past three months anymore. Alfie Evans scenario in the yeah. UK. All of a sudden, the government is now deciding who gets to live and who gets to die because they've taken control of something. And had they, if they take away our right to bear arms, what recourse do we really have? And you see it in France because they don't have the right to bear arms. Yeah. And what's happening is that people are protesting and they're trying to fight, but again, their ass is kicked all the time by the police. I've been seeing those videos. Some people and get their people are, asses Yeah, whooped. people are getting destroyed there. <laughs> people are dying. And all they're trying to do is stand up for their rights. Mm-hmm. You lose the right to stand up for yourself when you lose the ability to defend yourself. And I keep repeating it every single episode. Nazi Germany, Stalinist Russia, Communist Cuba, North Korea... When you don't have the ability to fight the government, the government doesn't have to be afraid of you. Mm-hmm. They don't because they can take out all the detractors right. and no one can stand up to them. Was it Marx who said that uh, the people should constantly be opposing the government? Exactly. The one good thing that <laughs> Karl Marx ever said and That's so funny. was that the government, and it's true though, the government should be afraid of the people. The government is to work for us. It's, yeah. We're not they supposed don't. to work. They don't. They don't. They work for the themselves. The vast majority of them do not. If you look at what's going on in Congress right now with this government shutdown, you know, the media, most of the media will tell you that it's Trump unless you watch Fox News and they tell you that it's the Democrats. It's both, it's both sides. And I, I think personally it's mainly the left in this case because they agreed to $25 billion for a wall last year. They won't even give them five this year and it's just political posturing because they have the House. That said, um, it's it's just a partisan shit show right now. There's no you know there, there's no real discourse. That no one's really open minded, or if they are, they don't really care to be because they're just posturing. And and a huge issue that's going on in this country and it has for the last 30, 40 years is a Congress, the legislature, doesn't legislate. They're reliant on the president to act like a monarch and sign executive orders and put things in motion. Tonight, I am willing to put money on it. Trump is going to invoke a national emergency. He's going to send the military down to the wall and he's going to start funding it through funds they already have. Or he's going to say, you have seven days to give me what I want or something or else that's going to happen. One of those two things is going to happen. And he should not have the authority to do that. No. And it's not supposed to happen. And as bad as you and I want that wall to be built, it shouldn't be done that way. It should be done through the proper channels. The office of the presidency has been expanded, like you said, over the last 34 years. And it's led to an expanse in government. And it started with FDR and it's been pushed through for today. Obama, uh, it started with Bush, more recently it was more with Bush because of the Patriot Act and all those things for national security. And then Obama Obama pushed it more. And now the last thing, Trump has done a lot of deregulation and a lot of minimizing, but the last thing you want to do is take a step in the opposite direction. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, yeah. So, so all in all, unless you guys want to cover anything else, we're 50 minutes into this. Oh. Yeah. Wow. All it's right. been a while. Um, Snoop Dogg's a jackass. That's the last thing I have to say. Yeah. Uh, I like Snoop Dogg. But yeah. <laughs> like, well, yeah. I mean, uh, again, stay out of politics. Well, I will say, okay, stick with Martha Stewart and stay out of Snoop politics. Dogg, okay. Real quick, I think celebrities are, along with that bandwagoning thing, a lot of times celebrities are jumping on to say, this is how you should believe. And they're very influential people, whether sure. you yeah. listen but, to them. And, or not. and they ignore a lot of things. Like he and Snoop really came out and said, like, if Trump shut down the government, he doesn't care about you. You know, Fuck that N-word. And he declines to comment that Obama shut down the government. Mm-hmm. And just to get Obamacare passed. Obama had the longest government shutdown yeah, in history. 21 days. Yeah. Clinton shut down the government. Where is the hate for them? So that comes back to the double standard thing where 
I don't like the fact that there's all this political posturing, but if you're going to hate on someone for doing something, you have to hate on the other side. And I guarantee you Snoop will not come out and say anything bad about Obama because he would get crushed of course. by people on the left. Crushed. Yeah, I, I agree. All right, guys. Well, thanks for tuning in. So before we go and we do our plugs, uh, Jared, where can people find you and, and look, learn more about your comedy and everything? Uh, well, I have a website. It's uh, jaredleewiseman.com. Uh, Wiseman spelled W-I-S-E-M-A-N. And uh, I have a Twitter, JLW Comedy. I'm mostly posting Eagle stuff there, so I've already lost some of the audience with my views. I probably lost more. Um, but you can see, you know, I post shows. I post things that I'm doing. Um, post a lot of videos on YouTube, which all the links are on my website. You can contact me, send me hate mail, you know, if you want. Uh, but thank Wasn't you. Wasn't too bad today. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for having me. I honestly, I wanted to come on here because I wanted to show you that there are people who have different views who I wanted to get on this podcast and just discuss. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, just, and feel free to come back. I thought yeah, it was a good discussion. And it's and good. It shows that there are, like we said, 80% of people are moderates. They really are. Yeah. And we're all, like we've said in the past, we're regular people. And we yeah. did this to give you guys a voice and to show you that you're not alone and that you can get along. We had just had a civil discussion. No, There was no argument throughout this entire thing. Yeah. We went back and forth, and that's really what freedom of speech is all about. Mm-hmm. And we have to really come together, even people that you don't agree with, because on some issues you might pull them onto your side. And we need to kind of try to end the bipartisanship that's going on in this country. Yeah. Can I say one last thing about last it? Last thing. I encourage everyone on both sides politically to try stand-up, because you'll learn real quick how stupid your ideas are because the audience <laughs> will let you know. I've had shows where I've put out a view and the audience was like, nah, that's that's fucking stupid. So I, you should all try it once. I always thought about doing that. Maybe I'll do it one day. All right, guys. Well, well in a second, Evan's going to run you through a laundry list of places you can find us on social media. I'm going to be coming at you with a live solo show tomorrow. Evan and I will be coming back at you on Friday. We're going to be um, interviewing Kalik Rodriguez, a 16-year-old, one of the leaders of the black conservative movement, so we're very excited to have him on. And we just got confirmation today. We don't know when yet, but it's going to be happening in the very near future. Larry Sharp, libertarian, uh, yeah, the libertarian candidate for governor, is going to be coming on. And you know, think what you will about him and how you might have stolen Votes from Molinaro, again, he didn't get enough votes to steal from Molinaro. But I thought out of any state legislator, uh, since I've gotten into politics in the last five, six years, I think by far he had the best, most outside-the-box ideas. He's pretty much speculative, maybe a little more right of center, but he believes in liberty, believes in freedom, and I think he'll really enjoy that. So stay tuned for that. But for that... I am Pete. This is Evan. This is Jared. We'll come back at you. Uh, I'll come back at you tomorrow. Have a good one, everybody. Hey, everybody. It's Evan with Empire State Conservative Network. If you like this episode, please subscribe on iTunes and YouTube and leave us a five-star review. Also, please follow us on social media on Facebook at Empire State Conservatives, on Instagram at GetRedPilledNY, on Twitter at Empire State Cons, on Parlay at Empire State Conservatives. If you'd like to help us improve our shows, you can donate through our website at empirestateconservativenetwork.com slash donate. We also have some merchandise that will be coming to you soon from our website. If you'd like to work with us in any capacity, please feel free to email us at getredpill76 at gmail.com. And as always, don't let fear take your freedom.